The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. Thanks for coming back. I much appreciate that. I'm your host, Vern. I'm uh, speaking with her today. Runs the only Washington, D.C.-based lobbyist firm focused in the cannabis, exclusively in the cannabis industry, and that's the Liaison Group. She is the CEO and founder of that business, and she regularly speaks on federal cannabis policy events around the country. She is involved. She's in the know, and we're going to find out what she knows today. My guest, I'm so happy that you're here, Safira. Safira Galoob is our guest today, and I'm looking forward to having this chat with you. How are you? Well, I couldn't be better. I, I'm here with you this morning, so I'm, I'm thrilled. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I'll, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> That is awesome. Thank you. You know, somebody really, really brilliant said that one time. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know where I heard that. Uh, but, you know, it's stuck. It's stuck with uh -huh. me. So uh -huh. I, I, I had to do it. I had uh -huh. to do I it. I love again. it. I love it. You're, you know, it just means you're a good listener. <laughs> yes. You got to be, right? Got to be. Right. Got to be. So, so look, we're going to talk a lot about, obviously, what's really happening in the cannabis world, policy-wise, and and all the nuances and we're going to test your knowledge of all of that and your involvement so the stuff you like to talk about uh, but i want to go back to the early days before you went to bc now you went to boston college i want to go back there now you know we have boston college in common absolutely yes and, and i have to say like i was like a little eagle the fact that you all have you know, a child who's like leading the legacy of the athletics. You're well, I'm an eagle. <laughs> I mean, an eagle in the family. Once an eagle, you're big. That's right. <laughs> it's been a few years. It's been a minute since I've been at BC. And I don't mind saying it. I yeah. went in 1988 and I'm 50 this yeah. year. I'll be 51. So it's it's been a couple of years since I was at Boston College. Yeah. But I mean, once an eagle, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, they're gonna have a, a damn good football team this year. Well, thanks so you're gonna to enjoy Th thanks that. Thanks to you. Thanks to you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have a little bit to do with that. Absolutely. Does your audience know that your son plays for the Eagles? I mean, should, should we like fill in the blanks? Yeah, tell them about it. Tell them about it. Like there's a lot tell, of, tell of, a lot of subtext right now <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so tell, where did you grow up? I grew up in Southern Oklahoma. I am a nice Jewish girl from a small town right in between Dallas and Oklahoma City. And if we talk about Oklahoma, my Southern accent will start coming out. It's already started. <laughs> I, you, you know, so I knew the answer to the riddle, but just, I wanted to hear you say it again. You're from a little bitty town with about 30 people in it from, how many people in your town? There are 35 people there, okay. thank you very much. Listen, Oklahoma is like the marijuana capital of the world now. We know how to bring it when it comes Does to Does anyone know that but you? Does anyone know? <laughs> no, no, actually, we've got, I mean, in terms, of, I can't remember what the stats are, but like top yeah. five marijuana patients, 
I mean, really, okay. to get a license to sell marijuana in Oklahoma, you just basically have to pass the Red River. It is the easiest place to get licenses, a very low bar of entry, very open economics. Did you I have mean, something to do with that? No, I didn't. I don't do any state level work. Uh, you okay. know, we are. We, no. No. But no. there is, if you are interested in Oklahoma, Paul Demko, who is the editor of Politico Pro, um, that is the vertical. He did a, an outstanding piece called Toklahoma. And okay. he, he that's, really. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And he really does set, he kind of talks about the history of it. But Oklahoma's got an outstanding cannabis program. So um, I'm proud of that. No, that is, that is great. That is great. So how did you get? Uh, I do. I have a sibling in Texas and I had a younger sibling who died when I was in college, but we were three. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Safira, how did you go from this little bitty town of 35 people in Oklahoma to this jungle in Boston <laughs> this, and go to BC? So what was, what's the story behind that? How did that all go down? You know, I didn't really, I, it was a bit of an accident that I had landed there and, and I was the only person to ever go out of state from my school to go to college. I think there were more people who were pregnant that graduated my high school class than actually went to college, much less, much less out of state. But it really was, I have a really high curiosity factor okay. and I had done some, I'd done some work in Georgetown uh, during my junior year and I met this gorgeous man from, um, from Haiti. He was going there and I had never okay. heard of it. I just decided to apply. And I think they were as curious and as fascinated by my application <laughs> as I was interested in them. And so a nice Jewish girl landed with the Jesuits and the rest is history. <laughs> That's great. That is awesome. That's a great story. That is a great story. Now, now you continued your education and you you went back to Oklahoma. So so why, why did you go all the way back home? Was there personal reasons or, or you just always wanted to go to law school at, Oklahoma. No, absolutely. And I, and I think I had just very, it's, it's a bit, it's a kind of a little bit uh, uncomfortable for folks, but I mentioned that my sister died when I was in college and yes. that was a kind of the impetus for me yes. wanting to be next to family. And yes. so I, I did my school in Oklahoma and then mm -hmm. I actually did an LLM back at Georgetown. So my, my career has kind of been Oklahoma, Boston, Ge Georgetown, Boston College, Oklahoma, Georgetown. Yeah. It's a little, it's, bit it's a little triangle you got. <laughs> yeah. It's the three-legged three stool of my career. <laughs> <laughs> or my, of my education. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. Yeah, so much. So, but th that's good. And, and, you know, just, you know, you and I have had conversations before. And the thing about you that's kind of interesting to me is that, you know, you got out of school and then you went on and you're, you're kind of dedicated your whole life to other people. You know, that is a very gracious and generous way to talk about me. <laughs> I would not have to give myself that level of, uh, huh? I'll tell you where, I'll tell you where, I'm, I will qualify that. Okay. Uh, while I am in the cannabis space now, yeah. Uh, and I am working for reform, which I think is going to have a huge impact on patients yeah. and consumers' access to the medicine they demand and deserve. Absolutely. I have been committed to women mm -hmm. and then finding their voices. Yeah. And in the cannabis space, I continue to prioritize, mm -hmm. and I'll be real straightforward, mm -hmm. prioritize mentorship, mm -hmm. prioritize helping women uh, not be afraid to try mm -hmm. new things and a lot of unpredictability, which has basically been the, you know, the, the crux of my career. Absolutely. 
keep it moving. If you don't mm-hmm. like it, pivot, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And I have, and you know, you will, I'm sure we'll get into it. I've had some really big jumps mm-hmm. from one, uh, from one kind of subject matter expertise to another, to another and starting from scratch and self-learning and self-teaching yeah. and to give women that ability to build that confidence. That's really what I'm committed to. So that's really more, I'm not, I'm not, near as uh <laughs> i put the wings on you You're, uh, yeah i put wings on you you didn't quite get your wings when it comes to women that's yeah. my story i'm sticking to it yeah no i i tell you what and i think that's exactly explains what i'm talking about because i was thinking about all the things you've done and then and to start thinking about when you went off and you did dance for 10 years right yeah that's that right. was all about building women's self-esteem and confidence and you can do this and going places that you've never been before and uh, with your own mind and body right so i, I that, and, and i feel like that and and that became that's that's part of your signature that's and it, it's, yeah, it's part really of the foundation. about it's really yeah. about um i mean one living intentionally being mm-hmm. your own inspiration and not being uncomfortable in disruptive spaces the reason i was able to navigate into cannabis the cannabis lobbying space mm-hmm. is that i had experienced starting something from nothing and in a, in a space where people were really you know really have an unexpected traction Mm -hmm. um, in something that you care about and bringing Mm -hmm. other people to care about it. Um, And and so that, whenever you're starting with something that is is, is novel and and people don't understand it, and and a lot of your audience are, I understand, are coming from being very successful in, under, in other industries and they're called what I call canna curious. Yes. So that they, exactly. they see the opportunity and they want to understand what uh, what's 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 all the fuss about? What's all what are all the headlines about? Mm-hmm. Well, cannabis is a disruptive industry. My dance was a disruptive industry. Actually, I was a telecom lawyer. Disruptive mm-hmm. industry in terms mm-hmm. of, of so so I am uncomfortable where there's not where there where there's a lack of regulatory certainty a regulatory of business certainty, reg- where there's an a, a, a ambiguity and uncertainty, opportunity uncertainty, because to me, that's where all the fun is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, discovery. Absolutely. I'm very, very curious about what's possible. And I'm very curious about how I can influence what's possible. Yeah. And you're so adept at finding your space inside the chaos, you know, and and that's that's really a skill set that 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 breeds success. I, I and that's a compliment. So I really want to say take a moment and say thank you. I didn't realize that that's how I'm viewed, mm-hmm. but that is I can take response. Or I mean, that is where I feel comfortable. Yeah. I am comfortable finding steadiness in chaos, mm-hmm. and I can see the pathway. Do not confuse me. I, I when people talk about legalization, yeah, you know, they always say, "When is it going to be?" I say, "I." The timeline is uncertain, but the pathway for me is certain. Certain. I love that. And that is a great place for us to take a break. We'll continue our discussion with Safira Galoob. She is the cannabis lobbyist of lobbyists at the Liaison Group. And we're going to talk more about uh, how she deploy those resources and that intellect into this legalization uh, pathway that we have coming before us. And it's it's real. It's real. We'll be right back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm the host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global. And my guest today is Spira Galoob. She is the CEO of the Liaison Group, which is a lobbying group that's focused specifically in the cannabis space. Now, now, Safira, tell me, when did cannabis become the mission for you? And how did that occur? Yeah. So a lot of people enter, a lot of people come out of their can of closets and into yeah. the space from very, from very different motivations. And, and any motivation I think is, is, is just fine. I wasn't necessarily uh, plant motivated. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a cannabis consumer growing up and it wasn't that I'm against it. I just didn't, it wasn't kind of my, one of my, I didn't have cannabis in my life, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, I, I had a dance studio as we discussed for yeah. uh, 13 years and <laughs> coming upon Safira 5.0, <laughs> which is how I refer to myself being in my 50s. And I, I said, you know, I'm really ready for something else. And I had been on the Hill. I yeah. loved advocacy work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And as I was looking around, there was this, and it was, it was, it was 2016. And I think at the time, I should know this just from memory, like 70 states had come online Mm-hmm. At the election, it was the first time that we saw a, a cannabis victory in the elections. Okay. Yet I was fascinated when I was like learning about this, what was the, in the headlines that this industry didn't have access to banking. Mm. And so I, I thought this was the most, and, and it still remains mm-hmm. one of the biggest enigmas. Like, how could you have the fastest growing industry in the US for years and years? And not have access to banking. And so as I began to learn about this, remember I have a high curiosity factor. Yes. The other thing I learned was that there were 115 Republican offices who came from all these new cannabis space states. Mm-hmm. And as I started reaching out to them, like five of them knew anything about cannabis. And mm-hmm. so this opportunity just seemed like so it was like screaming at me. Mm-hmm. And I started actually focusing on Republicans mm-hmm. in the House mm-hmm. who come from states where cannabis had just been enacted. Right. And that is how the liaison group was born. And at that moment, okay. and until this day, mm-hmm. the Safe Banking Act, which mm-hmm. is the piece of legislation that advances, creates a safe harbor for financial institutions right. uh, for regulating cannabis industry and stakeholders, that has become, I call it my bill, but it's really Ed Perlmutter's bill. <laughs> it's Senator <laughs> Murphy's bill, it's Senator Daines' bill. So but how involved were you? It is my. It is the bill that I spend the most amount of time on, and I and, and it's really been my focus. One one of my focuses and priorities since my entrance into the space in 2016. T- tell me about your involvement. T- t- bring us into your world. How yeah. do you get? How do you affect change? Yeah. So um, I should I should note just because of um, the liaison group does federal yeah. federal uh, lobbying for the cannabis cannabis space exclusively, and yeah. we have a pretty interesting portfolio. And I think it is it is if you look at, if you understand what um, our portfolio of clients looks like, you'll understand yeah. 
how we do our work. So the first thing is, is that I was charged to create one of the leading trade associations. I think the leading trade association, but I'm the executive director. So I definitely, if I'm not <laughs> saying that there's a problem, the national cannabis round table. Oh, yes. And, yes. yes. And, and, and sitting um, on our, our right and left flank, we have, you know, tremendous uh, political power uh, and policy power in former Speaker of the House, John Boehner, mm-hmm. on the right, and uh, former Secretary of Health and Human Services and Governor of the great state of Kansas, Kathleen Sebelius. Okay. So, so, those are our, so that those are our co-chairs. And with National Cannabis Roundtable, we really represent every aspect of supply chain in, mm-hmm. in what is now, I think, we're up to 27 states. And we have mm-hmm. all the industry businesses. We have big companies. We have small companies. And so we really represent the voice of the cannabis industry um, through NCR. I also represent the national, excuse me, the California Cannabis Industry Association, which is 550 businesses in California, you know, largest cannabis economy in the world. Um, Arizona, very um, important cannabis Mm -hmm. economy. Illinois, very important Mm -hmm. cannabis economy. Mm -hmm. So representing the state associations allows me to position the issue and prioritize policy reform to lawmakers in a way that represents the industry's perspective. And there are other perspectives in industry. I mean, in this industry, there's the social justice, there's the criminal justice. And I want to get into each one of those too. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into consumers, consumers, industry, Mm -hmm. consumers, industry, and social justice. Those are the pillars of issues that I represent. Got it. Why is it so political? Why is this so political? Why is it so split? Why is why why are Republicans on one side of this issue traditionally, and and Democrats on the other side of this issue? When we have Democratic and Republican states that are in the cannabis business, we have what do we have now? Uh, Eighteen states that are recreational legalized, one hundred percent. And we have what 37, 38 states that are medical. So that's the count. I mean, we have a vast covering of this United States. Why is this so political? So I cannot believe I'm saying this okay. because it's probably the first and last time is that I don't want to call it say that you're wrong, but it's actually not quite the right question. Okay. So it's not that you're it's not that you're incorrect about you know, it's political, it's not political. It's really more about the prioritization of reform. So it's not a question that ours are against and D's are for. That's actually not the scenario that we're, that's not the landscape in which we find ourselves. The landscape in which we find ourselves is what should the pace and priority of cannabis reform look like within the context of broader federal priorities in Congress and the administration. That's the big issue. That's that's what we're facing. And so all these little jabs I see on either side, is that to control the pace? It's all about controlling the pace? No, I mean, the, you know, the jabs on either side, truthfully, the only jabs against us that we've yeah. had is comms team out of Speaker McCarthy's office when we were mm-hmm. trying to advance safe banking in the in, in one of the uh, the recovery bills? Really, the jabs happened. If you really pay attention, the jabs are occurring within the within the cannabis advocacy movement. So, if you look within the cannabis advocacy movement, you've got um, individuals who are advancing reform 
for criminal justice as their primary purpose and priority. Yes, there's a whole group of We have of individuals who are advancing mm-hmm. reform for economic opportunity for individuals and communities uh, who have most, been most disproportionately impacted. Absolutely. We have businesses who also care about criminal justice and social justice, but who have made investments and who believe that the business that the, the advancing you know, some of the business policy will actually knock down the barriers of criminal justice and social justice more quickly versus trying to do a Hail Mary and do it all at one time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the, the, real, the real elasticity uh-huh. in, 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 in the push and pull of reform that's impacting the pace yeah. has to do with comprehensive reform versus incremental reform. Okay. How do you play in this game? <clears throat> Very carefully. Okay. <laughs> Be careful what you say next. <laughs> so we are incredibly excited okay. that the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer joined mm-hmm. with Senate, Senate Ron Wyden, Finance Chair, Senate, uh, Chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, which will be the leading committee of jurisdiction uh, who will handle you know, the majority of regulatory. And then the great uh, Senator Cory Booker, who mm-hmm. I don't care if you, if you, where you feel in his politics, you got to love him just for his power and his passion. Yeah. He recently introduced the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. And that's, that's the right. Schumer bill. That's the big bill. That's the bill that's, that's, that's going to be the foundation of whatever happens, right? I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. You know, so many people say, oh, he doesn't have his 60 votes. Why are you focusing on the bills? I'm like, you know, first of all, never write Chuck Schumer off. There's a reason that he is the Senate Majority Leader. So I am not, I mean, right now he does not have 60 votes and I don't see where he's going to get 60 votes, Right. to be honest with you. However, what you said was 100% accurate and you're the first person who said it in that correct way. You said it will be the sound. Yep. You said it will be the foundation mm-hmm. of the future of reform. So yeah. it may not be that bill, but right. the, but the, but so many elements that bill, and particularly elements around what the federal framework is going to look like when we have legalization. Who what 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 is the relationship between, between federal agencies and state agencies going to look like? Yeah. Who's going to remain? What jurisdiction for enforcement? What issues are going to be exclusively federal? What are going to be state? What are going to be shared? Yeah. What's going to be commerce between states? Yeah. What agencies are going to be involved? And this is really where the devil and the details mm-hmm. dictate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, my whole vision was, you know, a month ago when all this was going down, was was really just okay. You got a you got a big blog of clay. It's got a lot of elements in it. It's a lot of moving parts. We got to put it on the table. Mm-hmm. Now let's go carve out this beautiful thing together, right? I mean, we got to work it out. We're going to argue about it. We're going to, we want this, we want that. Do this one first before you do that one. And then you come up with a bill, hopefully in 2022, there's something. Or am I, am I overly optimistic about that timeline? Well, again, um, you know, whether or not we can progress will have mm-hmm. nothing to do with R's and D's. It will have everything to do within the players within the cannabis cannabis reform movement coming coming together and agreeing what one will allow to move forward mm-hmm. while the other either follows, joins, steps aside. Because you know, in Washington, 
if you try to give everybody everything, Mm -hmm. nobody gets anything. Uh, Yeah. It's called votes. Yeah. There's especially as, as evenly split as we are in most places and, 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 and Congress and, and in the Senate, that is so true. Let's take a break right there, Safira, and we'll, we'll be, be right back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. My guest today is Safira Galoob, and she is the CEO and principal of the liaison group who is uh, focused in national cannabis policy. Uh, from a lobbying pers- perspective, and we're going to come back, and we're going to—I want to talk about our president, President Biden, and, and his role in this. Uh, when we come back, Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, we'll be right back. Plant Profits will return, so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this—they're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart. Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global, and I'm here with Spira Galoob. Uh, she is the CEO of the Liaison Group, and they're focused on national cannabis policy. And one thing you said earlier in this conversation was that your your real focus is consumer rights, social equity, and justice. And I, just tell us really um, uh, what that means and and why that is your beam of light okay so so when i talk about my work i put it in three buckets consumer bucket industry bucket and social justice bucket and 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 in each of those it's like a three-legged stool for industry reform so let's talk about consumers and access and patients i mean this plant has been um integral to people's health and wellness for thousands of years and we've if you look at the history, it has been for political and racial motivations that it was it was criminalized, and yeah. um, and we and there's and there is just I, I'm not the person to talk about how the horrors associated with with the war on drugs, but but we want to yeah. give patients access to their medicine. Yes, that's the consumer, and we want and we want them to have access to safe medicine. So yes. not just any medicine, safe medicine. And so a lot of our work looks at uh, reform from the consumer and patient access to safe plant. Mm-hmm. And then we have the industry that is kind of been evolving and developing around these state programs um, and, and is, is, an, is an important, uh, it's a, an important um, opportunity driver. Um, and, it, and it's really, it's an important kind of, I call it like new health system. Like it's gonna be part of the future of health mm-hmm. reform. It's gonna be part of health business. Mm-hmm. And that industry is kind of where we focus on what is the tax implications of, mm-hmm. of cannabis currently being federally legal? Right now, most of your folks, if they don't know, they should, that, that you can't deduct uh, 
income, customary normal business expenses because of IRS section 280E. All you have to do is type in 280E in Google and cannabis and you'll understand. No access to banking, uh, yeah. capital markets. We don't have access to the US stock exchange, but Canadian non-US companies do. So they get a first mm -hmm. mover advantage. Um, so so um, no, no access to, there are about 50 or so banks that extend to services, but mm -hmm. you know, how, do you, how do you run your business? Do you have any cash? So that's the consumer and the industry side. But really the most important thing we do is talk about social and criminal justice okay. and how that threads into total reform. And the criminal justice side, of course, is, is related to the fact that with federal illegality, you know, black and brown people have mm -hmm. been put in jail disproportionately. Like I can't even imagine the, the, the cost, the human cost, the community cost, yeah. the social cost, on our, a societal cost for this failed policy. Is this a reparations crazy. issue? I want to actually not be asked that question because I am not equipped to answer it. Okay. But I can tell you that in in the in that that portion of the pillar, yeah. the other piece where we're focusing, and the criminal justice is not my expertise, but I I'm I'm fighting it tooth and nail and, mm -hmm. and helping folks for whom that is their first fight is a social justice aspect. And I call it economic justice because economic justice is a part of social justice. Mm -hmm. And for women and BIPOC communities and particularly communities most disproportionately impacted, having the opportunity to enter and thrive in this industry is, mm. is fundamental mm -hmm. to every state decision, new state coming online. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be the crux of any future federal reform. So consumers, industry, so the consumer issues, industry issues, and social injustice criminal issues, those comprise the body of work that we uh, advance and advocate. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. How are we doing on those things? If you would give us a scorecard as we're progressing through this process, how are we doing? So um, I'll just, I'm gonna do bad, good, great. Okay. Right? All right. All right. I think on the consumer medicine side, I think states have done a pretty good job of putting in place to make sure that consumers have access. In the states that have passed, mm -hmm. you know, qualifying conditions are pretty good. You know, people, a lot of patients, can, consumers can access to to plants. There's a lot of things in place to make sure plants are, are safe. Still, we're still working on it, and some states are still trying to work out their their you know, the pieces of that puzzle. Mm -hmm. The business side, if you got money and you have resources, mm -hmm. there are opportunities particularly in states that don't have limited licenses like Oklahoma, in states that have limited licenses, you have to have a pretty significant resources to be able to get in, but, but they're yes. working it out. Mm -hmm. So, so, so good, good, better than average on the consumer safety side, average on the business side, if you have resources, mm -hmm. if you do not have resources, bad. On the criminal justice side, States are starting to really deprioritize criminalizing cannabis on their mm -hmm. own. I don't, the federal government, I don't really know the stats on how many people we put in jail now for criminal, in the criminalization of cannabis possession. Trafficking is different. We are doing a horrible job, a horrible job as a society and a horrible mm -hmm. job as an industry, giving access to this industry to communities of color and entrepreneurs who are disproportionately impacted by by the war drugs. That's, I give us a full on F. Yeah, I agree. That's a whole show we should do uh, on that And I'll one. bring the person on. I'll bring Amber Littlejohn okay. and Ros McCarthy are the two leads on that. Those are the folks. I, 
I know about it and I support mm-hmm. that work and I and mm-hmm. we fight for it, but I'm mindful of where I am. I speak authentically and mm-hmm. I am not trying to appropriate other people. Other, no, other, I'm, I'm sure that's much I've appreciated. I've got a lot of humility about that. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's obviously much appreciated. So I got to ask you before we go, though, is why do I keep reading that if a cannabis bill, if this reform act is, gets to the, the desk of the president of the United States, which is uh, President Biden, that most likely he won't sign it. What's going on there? Well, it's interesting that you said that you've read that he wouldn't sign it. We actually think that if we actually got a bill to his desk, he would sign it. <laughs> but what we don't think is that he's putting any of his political gusto yeah. into it. And, and There's really, no, no capital in that statement. There's yeah. None. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the first, first of all, first of all, you know, Cannabis policy reform for for federal lawmakers. There's a lot of general generational. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you even look where people were in their point of reference, and so generationally, this is really confusing. He, he does he's not he is not fluent in cannabis reform. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and he has history in addiction. And I mm-hmm. gotta think that mm-hmm. you know where cannabis sits in people's personal experience and their health mm-hmm. experience and their family experience that that scares them. I, I have to think it's coming from a place of fear. And the other thing is the country has so many urgent crises and cannabis has just not achieved mm-hmm. the level of you know house on fire that some of these other crises has. And, and I really do believe mm-hmm. that that is one of our biggest challenges mm-hmm. is being important enough relative to the mm-hmm. other issues that our country faces. Yeah, so if you take a look at the the agenda, you think so. This infrastructure act is looks like it's positive. Uh, yeah, we, we got, there's got to be something federal from the voting's right, voting rights that that's got to happen. And I think those two are, I, I think that's before cannabis gets addressed. You know, your your your, your sensitivity towards how mm-hmm. cannabis fits within broader reform is yeah. is right on, mm-hmm. and and I'd say that. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of um, you know industry advocates struggle and are frustrated, particularly those that have been fighting from the beginning, mm-hmm. because we just we see our progress like so mm-hmm. minuscule. Yeah. It's really hard to measure. I mean, I see it every day because I work in this space, and I see yeah. you know re- really recently, uh, Senator Roy Blunt from Missouri just signed on to the Safe Banking Act. I mean, he's the vice chair of the Republican Conference. Yeah. He's the guy in the Senate who makes a recommendation for votes, and he's our ninth Republican senator. I don't think we have any outstanding piece of legislation where you have nine Republicans co-sponsoring. I mean, no. it's brilliant. It so is great. It's I'm great. excited. I yeah. see the future of reform is great, and I mm-hmm. see more and more people coming into the space and learning about it and people like you who are um, kind of committed to mm-hmm. you know um, one educating people but also kind of diving in and getting into the nitty-gritty it's not mm-hmm. just about headlines this right. is a really complex area and the more people understand it the more we can advance it together and you know what having you on the show today gave us all an opportunity to get a better understanding and i, I really want to thank you safira for coming to the show and i want to make sure that you know uh, that you can come back and bring who you want to bring to the show so that we can dive into some of these op- issues and slash real opportunities and, and really go forward. So this is a platform you can utilize. You, I just officially put that on the table. So I, I want to thank you, Safira Galoob, the CEO of the Liaison Group. She is the executive director of the Cannabis Roundtable. And I love all of that. And I know you're being very effective because that is what you 
do. And I really appreciate you being here. I want to thank all of you for joining us uh, on Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. You can download episodes of Plant Profits. And please download this episode. This is a lot of fun by going to CannabisRadio.com or you can subscribe in anywhere you get your podcasts, any of the platforms, uh, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find Plant Profits. Download us, listen to us. Thank you very much. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protis Global People Solutions. That's P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. And I really look forward to speaking with you guys next time. And until then, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.